0: greetings everyone welcome to the ninth episode of the floor spacers podcast i as per usual i am one-third of your co-hosts i just spit on my keyboard christy and joining me today as per usual is mr italian mr nico mannion um aka steve steve say buongiorno what's going on bro
1: but uh it appears that today you're not one third of the floor spaces, you're one half because wow. only two of us showed up this time. Once again
0: on a back-to-back episode. Look at that. Can you believe that? Come on. Aaron, you gotta do better, bro. You gotta do better. First, you got to better. I can't believe you chalked the one day and then the next day you couldn't come again, dude. That's crazy. That's
1: crazy. Um, other podcasters, Aaron Joseph will be available at this year's buyout market. So uh look to pick him up.
0: Uh, unfortunately, if you're an NBA podcast and you're listening to this, he won't be of much use. But if you are a football podcaster, I am telling you, Mr. Aaron Joseph will be there for all of your football needs. He will provide everything you need to know, um, except don't ask him where Freddie Kitchens is um, right now because he didn't know where that was. I had to tell him that. Anyway, um, but yeah, today's episode, we wanted to kind of go over, you know, some of the names to watch for each team um, on the on the trade market. Uh, you know, obviously, we try to go through every team. I mean, all 30 teams in the NBA, we couldn't find players for all of them. Uh, you know, obviously, because you know, situations uh, you know, differ, and some teams made different transactions this year that might change the trajectory of some players' careers and all that. So, it's it's kind of too early, early, early to tell for some of those teams. So, um, yeah, we'll go over like which teams don't have him and Which teams do, uh, we're going to go in order of like east Co- eastern conference first, and we're going to the western conference, and we're going to go by division. And, um, yeah, it should be pretty fun. Like, you know, there's some players that you know we think, or not even we think, I think like majority of the NBA fans do think is going to be on the training block, so it should be fun to kind of you know talk about and speculate about. Um, but yeah, without further ado, uh, um, am going to start it with some yeah. of the
1: eastern conference players, uh. May as well just start off with the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, all the news this offseason has been focused around Ben Simmons and his situation with Philly. Uh, It appears that he has requested a trade, and he does not plan on recording the training camp with the Sixers. But Daryl Morey and the Sixers front office still insist on uh, having Ben stay around to potentially start the season, trying to – reinvigorate the relationship there Um, I don't really know what is going on right now but I can I can see it going either way to be honest I feel like he will end up being traded if that's really what he wants but he doesn't really have too much leverage considering he's on a four-year deal so I don't know I, I I hope we keep him I hope we can work things out but I can see it I can also see it going the other way what do you think
0: yeah, no, that's facts. And I, I was going to say, because on on one hand, you have, you know, Rich Paul and Ben Simmons saying that they're going to – they're perfectly fine with sitting at home and taking a fine and eating all that money. But on the other hand, you have the Sixers saying, okay, we're going to make you report. And if we don't, we're just going to keep ramping up the fines and all of that. So, uh, like, again, yeah, like Steve said, it's, it's a very interesting situation. Um, if he doesn't want to be there, obviously you really can't force him to be there. I think it will be better for both parties if, you know, you ship him out. Um, just so that you're not wasting your time and your money. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a very, you know, not much to say here. We've been speculating about this for the last couple of weeks. Um, hopefully they do find, like, a, a deal soon just because we want some, you know, some juicy NBA stuff to come out. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like the Sixers are, I guess, taking their time, rightfully so. Um, but, at, like, you know what I mean? How much time can you take? Uh, you know, again, training camp is right on the corner, so like you really—I don't know,
1: dude. If you're if you're going to trade him, I th- you want to have it done, but at least before the preseason. So that way, if you are trading him and you're getting pieces back, they yeah. can start practicing together and getting some reps in before the season starts.
0: Right. The whole point of the, the season is just get continuity with the roster. So, right, might as well, you know, right, get a get a deal going. So, um, and I f- and I
1: feel like even if they do, kind of like. Recover some of their relationship, and they do like at least mutually agree to play out the season if they can't find a trade. I still feel like the Sixers fans are going to boo Simmons no matter what, even if he is playing for the team.
0: Right, I, I, the, the perfect point, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, you got to think about it from all angles here. um If I'm the Sixers, yeah, I definitely try to get something done during training camp, during preseason, something just because you just want to get rid of that like a whole like you know a headache of a situation. You know, Ben again is probably itching to play and. If he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. You know what I mean? So nothing that you can do. Um, Hopefully they can, you know, find something soon. But, uh, yeah.
1: All right, moving on with the Celtics. Um, When we were discussing it before the podcast, we couldn't really think of a name that really made sense for them. I would have maybe said uh, Richardson, since they traded for him, uh, kind of just to take the salary off of the Mavs' hands. Uh, But they also signed him, after trading for him, they signed him to a one-year extension. So maybe they plan on keeping him. Uh, but if they were like, I could, I could see them trading him just because of the size of his contract. That's like, it like matches perfectly what you would want out of like a solid role role player to trade for. So if they were to trade somebody, I feel like he'd be the most, uh, he'd make the most sense, but I don't really, I don't really see them making a trade at least not right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we could, yeah. Celtics, honestly, no idea. Um, Hey, maybe if like a big name becomes available, maybe like an Ingram or something, <laughs> they could trade uh Marcus Smart. But <laughs> that'd be the to <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh,
1: a lot of people have connected them to the to the Bradley Beal sweepstakes. Yeah, not that there are any right now because he's he's uh, made it known that he wants to stay in Washington at least for now. After yeah. they've gotten some players from, but if he were to come available because of the relationship between him and Tatum, the whole. Uh, they were childhood friends, and they grew up in St. Louis together. People uh, were saying that they might consider uh, a brown package for Beal.
0: Yeah, which I would do personally, but yeah, it's going yeah, all yeah. in due time.
1: Everything for the Celtics is conditional, so nothing we could really yeah. Yeah. think of right now. Thanks. Next up, we have the Raptors. Goran Dragic will 100% be traded. I don't think he's going to play a game for the Raptors. He's made it known that they weren't in his plans when he was traded from um, Miami. So I'd expect to see him trade before the season starts, whether it be a lot of people are he tighter than Mads because of the relationship with Luca. So we'll see with that. Maybe like Dwight Powell can go back in exchange for him since he's he's a Canadian. he's the Raptors have a few Canadian guys now they're trying to uh, draw interest from the fans by having some people they can connect with. So maybe something like that can go down.
0: Yeah, facts, and obviously we all know how instrumental Drogic was to that that um, Miami Heat uh, <clears throat> championship or not championship finals run that they had in the bubble uh, last year. And everyone already knows that again, yeah, like Steve said, so like Drogic is like a like a uh, capable you know um, contributor, and I think any team would love to have him. But I think with the Mavericks, he would be like perfect. I feel like
1: um, just. And- as another ball handler next to Luca, Yeah. Like, just somebody who you can trust with the ball in his hands. Is a smart uh, passer. He can create his own shot. Yep. The leadership would obviously be very beneficial to that young Mavs team.
0: Yeah. And uh just two other names I put on there for the Raptors, just real quick. Uh, I don't know if anything will come of it, but I put Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Uh, Siakam, as we all know, his name was kind of, like, in speculations uh, over the last year just because, again, that roster is sort of aging. He's, like, what, 26, 27 or something? Mm -hmm. Um, He's in the middle of his prime, so you might as well try to, you know, maximize your value out of him. Um, Because, like, like, me and Steve were talking, and, like, if I'm the Raptors, might as well just kind of blow up the team. Like, I don't think they're going to be in shot to make the play-in. I mean, they might. I I have no idea yet, but I feel like if if I'm Masai, I would definitely try to move him for a good package, maybe to Sacramento or something. And same thing with Van Vliet. you know, he's a little bit older. He has championship experience. He's a veteran. Uh, he knows what he's doing. I feel like, again, another team would love to have him on their roster. And from a size perspective, I feel like, yeah, you could definitely get a couple of a uh, few solid returns um, for him um, if you do decide to if you do decide to go that route. Um, and again, I feel like it should just be a full on, you know, youth movement in in uh, in Toronto, especially considering they have like some cool guys like you know Malachi Flynn and. Like OG and all them, um, yeah. I just feel like in general, you know, they should just, you know, start start making calls on on their on their more desirable guys in Siakam and Van Vliet and all of that. Um, especially considering that now, now that Larry's gone, you know, might as well, you know, take apart that 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 um, finals core in a one by one, I guess. And um, yeah,
1: I can see the reason why people would think that uh, they should trade like guys like Siakam but I feel like they should try to play out this season first at least to see how they can incorporate some of their young guys with these uh, with these vets who have sort of taken over now that Lowry's gone. Uh, I'm pretty sure Siakam is supposed to miss the first month or two of the season because he had uh, shoulder surgery in June, and they said oh, that, yeah. that was five to six months of recovery. Mm-hmm. So he's likely going to miss the first part of the season. So they'll be without him. So I don't really think they're going to be in playoff or playing contention. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people say that they're happy with moving on from Lowry because they're kind of making way for the young core in Toronto. But if you think about it, Van Vleet and Siakam aren't really a young core. These guys are, like, moving into the prime of their career right now. Yep. And I don't really see either of them as a primary uh, scoring option on the team or just in general just a guy that you would want as your best player. So right.
0: And, and it's like true, the- too. We've got this core right now, like – when they are ready to compete, like, I think by the time Siakam and Van Blee are going to be a lot older and it's like, okay, like, why am I still paying them type stuff? You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, again, like, just the fact that they have, like, young guys now, like Gary Trent and Malachi Flynn. And, I mean, who knows what they do with Chris Boucher. I mean, he's I think he's, like, 27 or something like that, 27, mm-hmm. 28 or something. So there's a lot of names that they have, some, like, very interesting players that they could just definitely command a lot for. Or not a lot, a lot, but, like, a pretty good return for um, but I mean, I guess like Steve's right, like maybe they can, you know, play it out for until at least a trade, trade deadline and, you know, like maybe get some mentorship for Scotty Barnes and all of them, um, you know, kind of have these guys around to kind of like rub like, rub off their aura and their knowledge and stuff. So it's a very interesting situation. Um, but yeah, that's the Raptors, I guess.
1: Yep. And next on the list in the Atlantic division was the Nets. Who are the consensus favorite in the to win the east uh between them milwaukee most likely but uh this season the nets uh signed a lot of vets on minimum deals and they've brought in like patty mills and james johnson i think so they don't really have many tradable contracts for players uh bruce brown signed a qualifying offer so he's on on a one-year deal but but the way he played for them last year, he was like one of the more reliable role players, just very versatile. They played him kind of as a big, but him being 6'4", he was like really elite at finishing at the rim. So I don't really know if they're going to want to trade that because he seems pretty valuable to them in smaller lineups. So I don't really see them making any moves. They're probably going to be one of the top teams anyway.
0: Right, exactly. Like th- There's really no pressure on them to make any sort of sudden moves like, unless they really have to, Like which, again, I doubt because, first of all, their their depth is insane. And uh, like you said, like, I feel like um, Bruce Brown just does a lot for the, for that team. And he's like a perfect guy that that roster would want and need. And um, I, if he is going to get moved, maybe it'll be, oh my bad. It just popped up. Maybe it'll be, you know, maybe he balls out the season. And then since he is on a, on a qualifying deal, like maybe they just look at sign and trade or something in the next off season, but definitely not like, you know, anytime soon, or at least before the trade deadline, I don't think, but, um. Yeah. Right. Like I just like the Nets don't have really anything to do. Like they could just go on the to the season with this roster and not have to worry. Like I think they'll be fine.
1: Yeah. The team we have we see now will likely be their team going into the playoffs unless right. there's like any significant buyout guys that they can somehow manage to assign as well.
0: Exactly. Right. Yeah. They. Yeah. They have no pressure. They'll. They'll be fine. I think. Yeah. I yeah. I there.
1: So last team in the Atlantic Division is the Knicks, who made a lot of big moves this offseason, bringing Kemba and Fournier. Uh, kind of enhancing their offense, which they really struggled with in the playoffs last season. Uh, They also re-signed a lot of their guys who were set to be free agents. So there's not really many uh, people who would be movable for them, at least this season. So uh, the only guy who I could really see them moving is probably Kevin Knox, who they drafted, I believe, eighth overall uh, two or three years ago. And he really hasn't uh, turn into anything. He hasn't been
0: able to. <laughs> a Fortnite draft suit.
1: Fortnite draft suit. And he hasn't really been able to crack the rotation during his time there. Uh, he is, he he was supposed to play in the summer league this year, but then got sick. So he also couldn't even play there to try to even prove himself. So I can, I can see them trying to trade him. Maybe there'll be like a team that's rebuilding. that will be like, Hey, we want to tank. Let's give Kevin Knox minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, might as well. He's probably going to go flyer, you know, like a buy low. Yeah, like a high, like a low risk, high reward, maybe potential type of guy. I mean, like I can kind of
1: see like, like the Thunder trading for him halfway through the year or something like that. Yeah, right, like, yeah exactly. kind of like a reclamation project.
0: Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, like Steve said, I mean, I think his career so far has been pretty bland. Um, and I don't think you know Coach Tibbaldell is like the best person to kind of exact that any sort of potential at this point in his career. Um. I mean, he was a really good corner shooter last year, I believe. But, I mean, that's about it. Like, I mean, what else could you do with that? I mean, and the, and the guys you signed this offseason, like, he's, he's probably not going to get minutes. So, um, yeah, probably be Kevin Knox. Like, there aren't much, like, other players for the Knicks that they could, you know, realistically – or they would realistically move. Like, they, you know, they got uh, D. Rose back. They got, you know, Fournier and all of them. So, yeah. Um, Unless again, of course, like if some huge name becomes available, maybe like the you know the team says screw it, we'll trade RJ and something like that for like a big name guy, like a, well, yeah, like something like that. Of course, that's it's, that's too early to tell. Um, obviously that might happen, especially considering it is New York. So like they they're they kind of want to you know maximize that uh, that big market. You know, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I don't even know. A the uh, like, free you know, agency
1: destination. Yeah, right, good. exactly.
0: So, like, they kind of want to, you know, like they're a team that can afford to make like gambles like that. So I feel like something like that would come about. Like I feel like they would definitely take the opportunity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not much to say here. Yeah, Kevin Knox. Yeah, maybe we could, you know, try to snag some interesting guys for him. I don't know. But, you got some seconds for him maybe. That was some, right, some seconds and maybe flip that later. Yeah, I don't know. But
1: yeah. But yeah, moving on. Uh, I'd say this is probably one of the more bold names on the list, just because uh the Hawks recently just signed him uh last offseason, I believe it was, to a three-year deal. But uh I wouldn't personally I wouldn't be surprised to see uh Gallinari get moved at some point with the Hawks, uh, although they're they're a very deep team and they just paid John Collins uh this past offseason 25 million a year. And uh I'm pretty sure Kevin Herter right now is extension eligible. Not sure if he's going to be exe- uh, extended by the time that that deadline comes up later this week. But uh, if he is, he's going to be making some good money too after his performance in the playoffs. Yep. And then uh, next season, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish are going to be extension eligible. And out of those two, they'd most likely uh, choose Hunter who played really well from last season before he got injured. So they're going to have to make some decisions here. I would assume that the name that would have to go for them would be Gallo just because he's out of their timeline. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, go, especially last season, like at least during the regular season, he was pretty underwhelming, but he did have some moments within the playoffs. But yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see like contending teams want to trade for Gallo, at the deadline, if he were available.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Because um, we all know the skill set that he brings, especially being that 6'10 power forward who can shoot the hell out of the ball. And, um, yeah, any obviously any contending team would love to have that, maybe a Knicks reunion. Maybe I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, and 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 piggybacking off what you said earlier, the whole Cam Reddish situation. Uh, Cam Reddish was picked in that 2019 draft along with DeAndre Hunter, and I mean, I don't think his career has panned out the way he'd liked or the Hawks would have liked, liked, but um. Yeah, I mean he's, he's he's extension eligible eligible next year. And I believe his name was available in some talks this year. Yeah, they, uh, they were shopping
1: around during the offseason.
0: Yeah, but apparently I think his asking price was a little too high for a lot of teams. Um and rightfully so, because I mean again, like for being what like a fifth no, what was he? The he sixth, was
1: eighth tenth, fifth? tenth. The tenth, really? Yeah, because uh they were projecting Jackson him to go eighth, but then the Pelicans took Jackson Hayes and then the Hawks took him tenth.
0: Oh, damn, okay. Well, I mean, regardless, still in the lottery, you know what I mean? Um, And coming into the NBA, he was supposed to have that that PG-type skill set. So... uh, Kind of showed flashes during the playoffs. That
1: one game, he had, like, 18 points. Yeah,
0: and he was drilling all those threes. Right, exactly. He plays really good defense, too. So, um, I feel like... Because I really want the Cavs to get him. I feel like he'd be a great guy to have uh, on this roster. Uh, But, again, I feel like, yeah, if some teams are are shying away just because of the asking price, I'm not surprised because you want to see more out of him and I've, his injury. He has been getting injured somewhat recently. So, I mean, some teams will be a little hesitant and maybe more closer to the, um, you know, that that extension eligibility date. Like maybe he probably will get moved again, hopefully to the Cavs. But that's one team – I mean, that's one player that I forgot to add on this on this list. But
1: um, I feel like the Hawks do value him. It's just the fact that they have so many other young players that they need to pay, I feel like they just feel like they need to choose and that he would be the odd man out.
0: Yeah, right, exactly, exactly, right, 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 exactly.
1: Um, yeah, but moving on uh, from the Hawks there, uh, the next two teams I didn't really see uh, any players that would be uh, thought of to be moved this this season at least, the Hornets and the Heat. Uh, the, for the Hornets, they have a lot of – they just drafted like four guys who all made their roster, I'm pretty sure. So they have a lot of young talent there. Uh, they traded for Mason Plumlee, but they don't really have any other bigs on their roster, so I feel like – he kind of has to stay there because of that. Uh, they're definitely not looking to move LaMelo or Hayward or Rozier Do they just signed him an extension. The only name that I could see maybe being an option for them would be like Miles Bridges. But I feel like because of the relationship that him and LaMelo built both off and on the court has uh, kind of made them want to keep him. Maybe I feel like they can get him to a fair deal too if they signed him. But uh, I don't really see them be- – having anybody to trade. And then also the Heat, who uh, are pretty much capped out. They just got Lowry in the sign-and-trade this season. They brought in P.J. Tucker as well. And then their entire bench is mostly just Victor Oladipo and Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero, and minimum contract guys. So there's not really much they could trade there unless they feel that they need to move Hero at the deadline.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Steve said, there's really not much to say here. Um, like I said, I think in general, the heat will be a very interesting team to watch this season. Um, maybe, maybe hopefully, you know, a can kind of regain his footing, maybe be, like become a nice six man for them. Um, and who knows, maybe if he balls out, maybe he could be a, a name moved at the deadline for, um, uh, some more pieces, which, I mean, I don't really see why that would happen, but yeah, you never know. Um, But, yeah, for the Hornets, not really much to, you know, think about there. Like, I mean, I think as it is, like, the roster is, like, intact, I feel like. Um, Again, boring injury, barring, like, any sort of, like, under, like, I guess, underwhelming performances from any other players that they have. Like, as of right now, we really can't think of any. But, yeah, that's them, too.
1: Yeah, so moving on for the Magic, uh, I would be surprised if these two players weren't traded at some point during the season, Uh, Terrence Ross and Gary Harris, uh, the Gary Harris was acquired by the Magic last year as part of the Bujin deal, basically just to make the money work. And Terrence Ross has kind of been their vet there for the last couple of years. Uh, both, both guys are can be valuable pieces, rotation pieces to uh, contending teams. Ross is a exceptional bench scorer. I think he averaged like 15 points per game for the Magic the last two seasons. And uh, I'm surprised that I'm surprised they didn't move him last year. To be honest, when they were moving yeah. everyone,
0: mm-hmm. I, I and, thought he was for sure gone by the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And then he, it was kind of funny because he took the He was like, I guess I'm the vet now because it was like all the young guys surrounded by him. <laughs> and then uh, Gary Harris, I really thought that he would turn into a like a really good two-way player, especially yeah. after like I think his second season, second or third season in Denver, he averaged like 18, led the team in scoring. Yeah. But then injuries really derailed him and slowed him down. Uh, his shooting the last two seasons really fell off. Like he's yeah. been a below average three-point shooter. The defense is still there, but it's not as good as it was, which is weird because usually uh, younger players are, like, develop their defense over time. They don't usually, like, they don't usually come in as a good defender and then just fall off real quickly, like he has. So it's just, like, a really weird case with him. But I still think he does, he could be, like, a valuable bench piece.
0: Right, so any team, and I remember um, a lot of are speculating that uh, we would get either one of the two, and I was like, honestly, I'd take one of them, but yeah, like Steve said, like, both of them, especially Ross, would be great on a, on a contending team. And um, I guess in general, like, the, the the career trajectory that Terrence Ross has had, like, he scored 50, but he was, like, more, like, inconsistent in Toronto. But after he started, you know, playing in, more in, in Orlando, he started, like, stepping up for real. Like, And especially, like, last year, the year before, like, his numbers off the bench have been insane. And, um, like, I think his, like, three-point percentage has been, like, elite and all that. So, um,
1: Terrence was- Ross definitely. Huh? I was gonna say there were times where like even during the years they made the playoffs when they placed uh when they played Toronto and Milwaukee the last two years or yeah. before last year, those two years, uh there were times where like they would run their offense through Ross because there weren't any other reliable scores on the floor besides Lucevic when he was off.
0: Right, exactly. And and bro, just the fact that like again, he's a very like a strong like wing who could get what he wants on offense and then on defense he's not too bad either so yeah I feel like any 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 um any any championship or playoff team could definitely use the services and like mm-hmm. Steve said Harris he's still pretty young he still has you know some of that defense uh his shooting has definitely fell off a lot um definitely not like what it was you know back when he was at Denver um but uh I mean, still, I think you could definitely, you know, play him a couple of minutes here and there and definitely, you know, have him stick the best, like, perimeter option with the other team or, you know what I mean, just to, you know, kind of not tire out your your main guys. And, yeah, I feel like Harris could definitely be like a uh, – like, a, you know, I don't want to say buy low option because I don't think his value is, like, too low. But, like, just like a very interesting guy you can bring on, on board to your team. Like, yeah, like, I think the Magic has, like, some – those two players are definitely guys that they can make the most out of and – you know, supplement their young core and just overall just have, like, assets for the future to kind of flip for whatever they yeah. want
1: to do. If Gary Harris wasn't making, like, $18 million, and I feel like he would be uh, more sought after.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. But, yeah.
1: Steve, are you still there? But, uh, yeah, Bradley Beal.
0: Oh, my bad. All right, the whole thing just froze, so I guess let's redo the Wizards.
1: Okay. All right. So I'll start off. So for this next team, though, uh, I don't think this player's going to be moved. He's been involved in trade rumors for the past three to four seasons now, but has always been loyal and wanting to resign. and that's Bradley Beal. And like we said earlier, uh, I don't see him requesting a trade this season after the Wizards kind of like revamped their roster, moving Westbrook and bringing in all these other surrounding pieces to be with them. And maybe, maybe that will end up working this year. Like I, I, I think that they're low key a slept on team. Not necessarily to like make any noise in the playoffs, but I think that they could contend for like an eight to 10 seed in the East, which is actually pretty solid considering how much better the East has gotten this year. And so I don't really see Beale uh, Beal requesting a trade this year. But there's always that possibility. Like we said earlier, uh, the Celtics would have been one of the interested teams. The Warriors would probably be interested in uh, involving their package that's been thrown out there a hundred times.
0: Yeah, right. And um, what's it called? My bad. All right. Um, yeah, like Steve said, like, yeah, this is a dude whose, whose name has been in it. And he's cons- consistently said he's he done not want to leave. If he wants to stay a wizard for, for quote, unquote, for life. Um, but, yeah, um, like, I think – how they handle the entire Westbrook situation, and like he said, the guys they got back in, in KCP and Kuzma and and uh and Montrez, I think that it's like a very like, solid return. And just overall, the team they have around um, Bradley Beal this year is you know just much more solid, I feel like. Um, because don't forget, you still have you know Hachimura, and um, I think uh Brian's coming back,
1: Thomas Brian should be back, I think, because he yeah. got he got. Uh, injured pretty early last season and missed the rest of the season, so I'm assuming yeah, right back to the start of the season,
0: yeah. So he should, he should theoretically be back. Um, hopefully, um, you know, with the new face, maybe they utilize uh Denny better this year.
1: And he's, he's probably going to, to miss the first part of the season because I think he tore his ACL like this the middle of the season.
0: Wait, oh, dude, oh yeah, I'm tripping. Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
1: So yeah, he's probably going to be out yeah. for a while still,
0: yeah. Okay, all right. Well, regardless, hopefully, like he'll be back around the time where you know the games start to matter and like. Hopefully he can make an impact off the bench and, you know, kind of be like that facilitator guy, ball handler to kind of, you know, take pressure off of Beal. And uh, like Steve said, like overall the East did get better. Uh, When we do our East rankings predictions, uh, I will say my, my predictions and I don't think people gonna like it, but, uh, but it is true. I thought the Wizards will be kind of slept on this year. Um, I feel like just overall the roster they have is like really solid. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start, you know, making noise and just overall started like winning games or, you know, like winning some de- decisive games. It's over- I just like how like balanced the roster is. And um, hopefully they can maybe salvage, you know, even got like, you know, Davis Bertans maybe. Because, um, you know, his contract is huge, but he's still got, what, one year left or two years left, I think? Bertans? Yeah.
1: He's got like, I think, three or four. Really? He when just wait, signed, it? Sign he just, he just signed it last year, and it was like five years, 90 million, I think.
0: Was it last year? Was the last year or year before?
1: It was last offseason.
0: Oh, okay, never mind then. Okay, well, yeah, we well, still got a pretty, you know, Albatross a contract. So, um, but you know, hopefully, he can step up and kind of, you know, contribute this year. Maybe it will be like less pressure on him because they have more offensive pieces. But, um, yeah, like Steve said, I don't think Bradley Beal is going to be moved like that unless something crazy happens. But I mean, what what are the odds of that happening? I have no idea.
1: But right, yeah, and. So for the next team we have, this might be a little uh, upsetting for you to hear, but throughout this offseason, there have been some rumors about uh, the Cavs maybe moving Sexton. And for the last, like, three years, they've been trying to move Love, but there's been no real interest because of their asking price. So I'll let you take the lead on this one. What do you think with uh, Sexton and Love, two of your favorite players in the league?
0: Oh well... First and foremost, I'll talk about Colin just because I guess he's like more important to get out of the way. Um, I don't think Colin will be moved per se this year. I think they were just, you know, answering calls just to like kind of value his market value, especially considering the fact that he is uh, extension eligible, as are the rest of 2018 draft class um, players. But, um, yeah, I think they were just kind of, you know, picking up calls to see what they can get. Um, you know, as long as, as what we said before, the whole Ben Simmons situation, apparently, you know, they called. I think like Sexton was a whole like rumored, you know, part of that. But again, I, I don't I, I don't think it's anything more than just like a measuring stick, um, you know, type, you know, type quote unquote move by the front office. Um because I mean as a fan, I see like every day I feel like Sexton and Garland have been pretty nice together as a backcourt, and I feel like they'll, they'll be growing even more after this season, too. Um, so overall I feel like Sexton will be a Cav um and he will be extended. But I mean, of course, if a, if a you know an, a big deal does come up, like maybe like a Brendan Ingram or something like that does come up, I wouldn't be surprised if he does get moved. I mean, will be depressed, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like as it is right now, just the fact that he's like a proven 25 points per points per game scorer, um, on nearly 50, 40, 90. Like I don't think he's going to be so easily let go of like that. Um, and the fact that his overall his playmaking has gotten a lot better. Um, like I said, I just think it's more of like a measuring stick type of move that this front office did. In terms of like picking up calls but that's just that but as far as kevin love goes uh like steve said yeah like he is a dude who has been not even just for the last three years his name has been you know in in trade talk since like his second year in the big three era and um or not even a second year his first year too like you know what i mean it, it's been surrounding him, you know all these years and somehow he was the last person to survive that whole ordeal but um yeah, Kevin, I, I doubt he's probably going to get moved. I mean, it depends on what team gets desperate at the deadline. Um, he says that he's feeling a lot better coming into this offseason, and so maybe he can, you know, ball out um, and, you know, be solid off the bench because he's, he's playing limited minutes after all, so maybe he can, you know, kind of prove his worth a little bit. Um, but, yeah, overall, because, I mean, look, because even as critical, like, washed as he is, I don't think he's washed because literally against the Celtics last year, he dropped, like, 30 four and 14 um, and I believe like Jason Tatum and you know everyone was playing so it's not like it was like a Mickey Mouse game or whatever like he dropped that I like guess the Thunder he had like 17 and 13 or something and this is right when, right when he you know got back from injury so um, even though he's a little bit older um, he's still putting up like performances like that he's still putting up double doubles his three-point gravity is still there like his as a floor spacer like he's still definitely a threat and um, I feel like any team could definitely use the services but it is a harder contract to move, so unless they attach, like, a pick or something to it, like, it probably will be harder to move. Again, of course, um, like, unless, like, you know, like a – in the off chance that, like, a, I don't know, like – I'm not going to say Brooklyn, but, like, like, a fringe team. Like, maybe, like – I don't want to say the Pacers. Maybe the Pacers, I don't know. Like, maybe a team that just needs big man shooting. Like, maybe the Heat or something. Like, maybe, like, you know, like, they get desperate. They want a guy like Kevin Love who can come in, play, make, shoot, rebound. You know, you never know. It depends just because the fact that there was like a whole arms race going on this year between the two big market teams, you know. I don't want to draw on for too long. I'm just saying, like, again, like, I feel like it probably won't get moved, but uh, I feel like he has a good chance to kind of prove his worth this year, especially considering, like, he'll be coming off the bench and he's just a lot more healthier, I guess, in general. But, yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Personally, I don't think Love is going to get traded. I feel like if he does – part ways to the Cavs will be through a buyout because I don't think any team is going to want to trade for that uh, contract. Does he have one or two years left on his deal?
0: Uh, two, I believe.
1: Okay, but yeah. Even, but
0: even then, like, a buyout would be weird because that's way too much money that either side would Yeah, possibly, so. So I, I don't know. Uh,
1: if they were part ways, I'd, I'd probably think it would be a buyout, but I'm not sure. They would definitely have to give some money back if that were to work out. Yeah. And as far as Sexton goes, I think he's going to end up staying throughout this the – The season, but I feel like this upcoming uh extension deadline later this week is going to be pretty telling in uh how the Cavs view him. Because if they are able to agree on extension, then that would be good. But it seems like Sexton believes that he's either a max or at least a near max player in his eyes, and the Cavs seem to not agree with that. They may they may think he's like maybe 20 million or a little bit less. Uh, annually deal guy, which is why they've been, like, kind of listening to offers for him and yeah. maybe uh, connecting him to love to try to, like, entice teams that way to get off of him, too. Yeah. So I feel like he would at least play out the season with them if they can't come up with, uh, with an extension, if they can't agree on it, a number, and then maybe they'd look to sign and trade him next off season maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe something like that. Uh, and I was thinking a lot of people are saying, too, like, if they can't, you know, get something done like this offseason season suddenly... Yeah, we'll see what he does, you know, in his contract year. And, you know, depending on that, maybe the we'll two sides will work out, you know, like a like a deal. Because I mean, Colin wants to be in Cleveland, and I think the Cavs like him too. Um, it's just that, like, obviously he's just got to, I guess, kind of prove. I guess I think if you get – I, I really think he could get an all-star selection this year. I think that. So I think if he does do that, and, like, he overall just improves his, like, volume from three and all that and just overall just shows how, like, how good he can be as a scorer, as a scoring threat. I feel like he could, you know, get closer to what he what he's asking for.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Oh, we'll move on now. Spent a good amount of time with the Cavs. Yeah. Deservantly though, because they, they have some of the bigger names. Yeah. But uh just real quick, I don't really think we need to discuss these. Uh the Bulls and Bucks. <laughs> just the, <laughs> the Bucks <Patriots> It's just, it's just like I, there's really nothing to really discuss here because I'm never going to be making any trades, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks just came up for championship season. They signed a bunch of guys off their bench. Uh, they yeah, traded yeah. for Grayson Allen. So not really much they can really even do if they wanted to yep. in terms of uh, trade flexibility. And then the Bulls just made all these signings. They're to want to see how these guys play for the season. Yep. Uh, they signed a lot of uh, minimum guys, maybe – they could try to move Derek Jones' uh, contract solely based on the number. But other than that, not really much they can do.
0: Right. And the Pacers, LaVoy Allen.
1: Well, the Pacers, uh, LaVoy Allen, yes. But also Jeremy Lamb. I can see him being moved. He's going to be coming back off of the injury. So I don't know. Teams may be hesitant to trade for him, but he's proven to be a quality bench piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's like, I think he's averaged like 10 or more points the last however many seasons he's been with them. Yeah. And he's been uh, a reliable defender. So I can see him being a piece that teams would be interested in. And
0: yeah, it's true. And like the wing wings in general in NBA are a hot commodity. So I feel like mm-hmm. hopefully he can kind of, you know, prove his worth after he comes back from the injury. Um, that's another guy I want the Cavs to get if possible. But uh, um, yeah, definitely is, use some wings. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, we just got Denzel Valentine. So that'd be great. But um, what's it called? And I guess quickly for the Pacers, um, another name that's always been, you know, popping up again is, uh, is Miles Turner. Um, again, we all know how good he is, but, you know, the fit with him and Sabonis it doesn't really make any sense. So, obviously, his name is going to steady, going to, you know, pop up in the, in the trade talks. Um, as to what team trades for him, it will be interesting. Uh, maybe the, the Knicks uh, trade Mitchell Robinson for him or something. Maybe it depends on, like, health or whatever. But I mean, it depends. I think uh, Miles I
1: mean, Turner would go crazy in tip system.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. He'd, yeah. He'd be crazy. Um. But yeah. Again, it all it depends on you know situation. Because again, that is a name that always pops up. But he just nothing ever happens with him. So uh, we got to see how that plays out for sure.
1: Yeah, he's um, another name that's been kind of floating around there for years now.
0: Right. Exactly. So it's just like yeah, we'll just if something happens, then, you know. But as of right now, it's like, a guy. Right. Yeah. And then,
1: say, uh, and then, wrapping up the East. This is uh a player who was – you may be surprised to hear his name mentioned here just because last season he was in the uh, most improved player race. He really rounded out his all-around game uh, playing for Detroit. But I could honestly see Jeremy Grant being moved this deadline just because now that Detroit has uh, got a lot of promising young guys on the roster like Cade, Killian, Sadiq Bey, to name a few, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, I could see them trying to have more of a youth movement now. Uh, Jeremy Grant, he's although he did take a huge leap last season, proving that he can uh, bet on himself, make all that money like he wanted to, and uh, round out his offensive game to go along with his defense that everybody already knew he had. Uh, he's not your ideal number one guy on the team, and he doesn't really fit the timeline of their younger guys either. So I feel like it would make sense for them to try to move on from him while his value is at its absolute high. And there would be a lot of teams interested, I feel like, just because he's the ideal guy you want in your lineup for the playoffs. Not as, like, a first second option, but as, like, a third or fourth. So I think that he would definitely get Detroit probably, like, two first-round picks at least if they were to move him at the deadline.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Exactly. And Steve just nailed it. Like, not much to say. Like, yeah, Jeremy Grant, we all saw how great he was last year. He was, what, top three in MIP routing, Or Mm -hmm. second, I think? Did he finish second? I think he finished second. Yeah, like, obviously, like, like he had a tremendous season last year and a bunch of, yeah, like a bunch of contenders were calling about him and, uh, you know, kind of seeing what the Pistons would want for him in return. And I feel like he's like a great like asset for them to have to sit on. Cause like Steve said, again, they have a young, you know, young core that's very intriguing. And just having a guy like Jeremy Grant, who could net you a couple of picks or, or like a young piece, like, dude, that that's great. And um, yeah, like, it is kind of a weird, like, thing to say because I haven't really seen, like, much people like too many people talk about Jeremy Grant being on the move. But, I mean, it would make sense just because, like, it's it's just, like, a perfect scenario in terms of, like, what you can get for him and just the fact that it opens up, like, opportunities for, you know, the young guys. So, um, yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone by the deadline maybe. Maybe he could just showcase himself, like, a little bit more and the Pistons could kind of, like, maximize his value. value. Um, but, yeah, I feel like Jeremy Grant, whatever team gets him, would be, you know – Will be set because, again, he's – he proved himself on offense and we all know how good he's on defense. So, um, yeah, I feel like uh, as far as it is right now, the Pistons are looking good with that. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for the East. So, uh, moving on to the West, uh, first up we have the Lakers. And um there's another team that we really couldn't, you know, think of much about. Um, there really isn't much to say here, especially considering the fact that they just signed a bunch of veterans um, on some, you know, one-year deals. Um, you know, it's like, there really aren't much like names that I feel like they would, you know, want to trade for. I feel like every like veteran presence they would want to get, you know, they already have, um, especially considering guys like, you know, Trevor Riza and like Carmelo and all that are on your team. So like, there isn't like much for them to do. It's like similar to the Nets, you know, they signed a lot of veterans on, on minimum deals. So, and as it is right now, I feel like this roster you see is probably the same roster you'll see, um, you know, entering the playoffs. And, um, and then just
1: financially, you have yeah. Westbrook, LeBron, and AD who are, all, who are taking up, like, more than 80% of your cap. Right. So even if you wanted to make some trades, you don't really have the contracts to do that. So their roster is kind of, like, finalized as it is right now.
0: Exactly, right. And, yeah, and like I said with the Nets, there's really no rush. And combined with, with the fact what Steve said, let's – yeah, they don't really have to do anything as it is right now. I think they'll just probably you know ride it out. Um, so we're next up with the Clippers – um, we're, we, we were saying it's probably going to be Luke Kennard, if anyone, um, Luke Kennard, as some of you may not know, is, um, a former Mr. Ohio basketball joining uh, LeBron James in that company. And, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, a, a, as a player, like, yeah, he'll give you the three, he'll, he's like a solid, I mean, I guess like a wing guy to have, uh, it's just that like on, on, on the contract he is currently, it's not like anything, you know, I guess you're not really getting your bang for your buck, I guess. Um, at least I, that's what I think. But, I mean, but we've seen, you know, situations where he showed up and, you know, he's he's done his role. He's he's played his part. And um, I feel like, you know, a team, if they're interested, could nab him. Um, but, I mean, I don't really know. He might just, you know, be a clipper for the rest of the season. And, um, and I was quickly thinking Zubat's. Now, for me, the reason why I have saying that is because uh, the Clippers did sign Isaiah Hardenstein to a, a training camp deal. And, I, look, I think Hardenstein is kind of underrated, and I feel like compared to Zubats, he can definitely pass better. He's definitely a better playmaker in general. Um, defense, I guess, like, Zubats might be better, but, I mean, I mean, Hardenstein is still, like, pretty solid defense. Um, Hardenstein can shoot. Um, There's Overall, I feel like he's like a – I feel like if you put him on the floor with, with Kawhi and, and PG, you could probably do more rather than just, like, a rolling big in in Zubats. But that's what I feel like. But, I mean, yeah, Steve, how do you feel?
1: Yeah, I don't – for Zubats, at least, I don't think that they would consider moving him just because these last two seasons that they've had him, he's been pretty valuable for them, Uh, both as a defensive presence down low because at least last season, Ibaka wasn't reliable because he was never healthy for them. He didn't play in the playoffs at all. So, Zubats was kind of like, their only option big that they had. When he was out, they were playing small and switching everything. So he, he was pretty valuable for them. He was like – he's like one of the best screen setters and rollers in the league, very good offensive rebounder. So I feel like they would want to keep him around. But as for uh, Kennard, I feel like they would be pretty thrilled to move on from him just because of the size of his contract. I feel like they definitely have some buyers remorse when they uh when they signed him last year after trading for him right away. I feel like they should have at least, before extending him, uh, waited to see how he played for them because he didn't really even crack the rotation that often in the playoffs. He's kind of like a fine offensive player. He can do some playmaking. He's, a, he's an exceptional shooter. But he doesn't really contribute much on defense. And the subject Clippers play, they like to switch everything. So he doesn't really fit in a lot of their, uh, their crunch time rotation minutes.
0: Right. That, that is true. Exactly. And, um, yeah, as for what his market value is, no idea. Maybe, like, I don't know. No idea. You know. Not much. Yeah, right. Not much. Um, but, yeah, moving on uh, to the Suns. Now the Suns did have a pretty productive offseason, in my opinion. They did get uh Jamil McGee. Um mm-hmm. I don't even know what the hell else they did. I mean, I guess they extended some of their guys. I don't know. Oh, they traded uh they got Landry they Shannon. Yeah, Landry Shannon, yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, um, yeah, again, not not much to really say here. Um, I put Jalen Smith down. Um I guess the you know, the the rationale behind this is just the fact that Jalen Smith uh he was one of the first round last year I think the 10th pick Tenth pick, right 10th pick um so obviously like obviously he's good enough to be a 10th pick so he has some projected upside so any you know young team maybe like a magic or something I mean even though I have way too many big guys maybe like they want to you know I mean actually I don't know to be honest maybe they I don't know because they have a bunch of point guards so maybe they could like do a swap with between that or something I have no idea but like again if you get a young team with with a guy that's you know doesn't fit their timeline who wants to get moved, you could move Jalen Smith and like something else for that. Um, especially considering again, he is a tenth pick. He, he was coming off his rookie year; he didn't get much of an opportunity to play. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he—I mean—he I, could shoot the three. If i if I believe, yeah, he's a—he's a,
1: he's a three-point shooting big.
0: Yeah, right. And it's just like again, that's that's how that's where we're going as a, as a league. So he's like what 20 years old or something. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah, as okay. a. Young, With the Suns being a contending team, they're going to be looking – he's probably – once again, he's probably not going to get much minutes this season because they're going to trust DeAndre and JaVale over him. Yeah. And he's he's probably not going to crack their playoff rotation, especially after this season. They trusted Frank Kaminsky over him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly,
0: right. And so you might as well – you're trading the 10th pick for – you're basically trading the 10th pick for someone, you know what I mean? So And plus, he's
1: got the rookie scout contract, so they they could probably get, like, at least, like, a bench vet for him who Mm -hmm. can – Crack their rotation in the playoffs.
0: Exactly. That's a great point. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like if anything, like Jalen Smith should probably be on the move, but I mean, it wouldn't be surprised if Suns don't do anything either. I don't know. Um, maybe they want to keep them on, you know, for insurance purposes, but uh, I guess time will tell. Um, so moving on to the Kings. Um, obviously, these two names are not a secret, and I think they will most definitely be moved sometime soon. Um, Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. Um, so with obviously Buddy Heald, he is definitely up there in age. He's like 28, 29 years old. Um, he's, I mean, we all know who he is as a player. He's a fantastic three-point shooter. He could fit into any team in the NBA today. Um, I feel like he'd be great for the Sixers or something like that. Um, obviously, it depends what the package is. Maybe Buddy and Bagley and a pick for Ben Simmons. I don't know. But, um, but I mean, just in general, I feel like, yeah, Buddy healed three-point shooter. Any again, any playoff team would love to have him. No brainer, to, you know, kind of move him. And then Bagley, same kind of, you know, thought process with Jalen Smith. He is a younger power forward who's shown him a lot of flashes. Well, I guess Jalen Smith has shown flashes, but Bagley has shown him a lot of flashes and promise. Um, he just couldn't really stay healthy. And just overall, I just don't think him or his camp really likes being in Sacramento like that. And I mean, I mean, I guess rightfully so. And also, you know, from his perspective, like I guess the Kings haven't really been using him in the best way. Um, and again, that combined with his injury history hasn't really helped his situation either. But um, yeah, I feel like those names would definitely be on the move. Um, again, a young team who would, you know, like to have the, the services of Bagley, you know, could would love to snag him. Or again, maybe they could package Buddy and Bagley for a for a vet, maybe like a Ben Simmons package or something like that. That would be interesting, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that they're both going to be moved, especially after their names were involved in the Westbrook deal that was reported before yeah. Uh, before was Bagley uh, part of that deal? I don't know for sure, but uh, but he he knows that he's on the trade block too. Oh man. yeah, oh it's yeah. It's not a secret.
0: Yeah, I remember his old dad I remember his dad was his, like his, yeah, his second. dad yeah. was trying
1: to get involved too. Yeah. But yeah, but even last season, uh Luke Walton bench buddy healed for a part of the season, so he was pretty disappointed with that, and he was already requesting trades at the time but uh, he ended up just riding out the season. So I it I definitely think that they're both going to be moved eventually. Yeah. What team, I'm not sure. I hope, definitely hope it's not a Ben Simmons package because that's, I, I definitely don't want it to come down to just that.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm calling it right now. It might be bold, but um, we're going to get a Buddy Hill at a New Orleans uh, uh, reunion.
1: Hmm. I, I saw somebody uh, say that the other day, too. Oh,
0: it, wouldn't be, right. it wouldn't be the worst idea. Yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, it would fit. Like, I would, yeah, right. Especially with the team they have now, I feel like, yeah, they could, they could use
1: them. I was um, thinking, I saw somebody saying that uh, Sacramento and Dallas should swap like Buddy and Bagley for like a Porzingis type thing. To try to make that work. Okay, but, that
0: that would be cool. That'd be cool. I feel like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Maybe a fresh, like, a change of scenery for Porzingis would definitely help him, but um dude i remember when the whole like perzingis deal until dallas went down i remember like dude that was a pr- I-, I was like nothing over that i was like yeah, him and luca would be crazy yeah <laughs> like I-, I wish that tandem like worked out because i feel like yeah that would been crazy i, I remember crazy. that
1: there was so crazy too because when Porzingis got traded from the next to dallas like we were like an hour before it was like just coming out that perzingis was unhappy and then they traded him like instantly
0: yeah right 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 yeah
1: <laughs> it was just so out of nowhere
0: yeah, that was, that was crazy. Yeah, I thought that was like a perfect like fit, but I mean now, unfortunately, there's trouble in paradise. But, um, but yeah, wrapping it up the the Pacific Division, uh, we have the Golden State Warriors. Now again, Steve and I had a little bit more of a difficulties, kind of like you know deciding who would be you know potentially involved. Uh, but the two names that we did come up with, um, was Andrew Wiggins for one for sure, and uh, maybe James Wiseman.
1: Um, I just want to point out, I think Wiggins has really improved, and I think he fits on this team really well now. Yeah, but the only reason that we're mentioning these two names is because they've been star hunting, yeah. So, these oh, yeah. It, it seems like these two players would be the two names that would have to be involved,
0: yeah, you, yeah, Wiggins exactly. Money right.
1: And then Wiseman just because he's got the upside,
0: yeah, for sure, right? I, I, yeah, exactly. Like any team, like say if it is like the, the Wizards or something, like dude, that's a, that's a nice return, like Wiggins and. Well, hopefully, assuming that Wiggins, you know, keeps up that, that style of play. Like, hopefully, that mm-hmm. isn't just, like, a Warriors, like, system thing. But, um, but yeah, like, yeah, obviously, a starting package of, of Wiggins and, um, and, and, and Wiseman would be great. Um, and maybe, like, I mean, I don't think it would probably happen, but maybe, like, a Jordan Poole thing. Like, is a nice player to have to throw in. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe JTA, but, like, he's also like, a cultural guy for them, so I don't know if that'll be, you know, a thing. Um, it is a little harder to tell, again, because, you know, again, like, you really don't know what they're trying to do right now, but, like, what Steve said, it, it is definitely true. They've definitely been star hunting. They're definitely trying to keep that, you know, that curry clay Draymond core going. And, like, what Steve said, like, I feel like they definitely could call up any team in the league and be like, yo, our starting package is going to be Wiggins and Wiseman, and that team would be instantly hooked, you know what I mean, especially con- considering uh, Wiggins', like, newfound production and, and Wiseman's upside, so... Um, yeah, definitely interesting. Um, again, definitely got to see how, you know, that plays out, the warrior situation, uh, too early to tell, I guess. But those are two, definitely two names that, you know, you, I guess, shouldn't be surprised about if anything does happen. Um, but next up, we have the Thunder. And, uh, they did recently acquire Derek Favors. And, um, again, Derek Favors is another guy that really doesn't, you know, fit well into their timeline, obviously. And again, a, a team could definitely use him as like an insurance piece for you know that 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 center position. And um yeah, not much to say here, you know, it's Derek Favors, like dude, like dude's pretty old, not pretty old, but like he's obviously getting up there, and you could definitely net some like solid returns, like if it, like a couple of second round or something like that out of him. And
1: um he's definitely like I would definitely love to have him as like a backup big, but right okay. See. Definitely only traded him for him with the intention of trading him to try to get more assets back. It's exactly. kind of like a recurring theme in OKC. Right. Just taking on people's uh, undesirable vet contracts and yeah. then trying to rehabilitate them to get more in return.
0: Yeah, he's, he's basically this year's uh, Al Horford for them, basically. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, not much to say they're Derek Favors. I mean... Oh, and also, an interesting name with Steve. I don't know if you'd agree with me. Or, I mean, I don't even... I'm not even saying this on Are you going to say the door? Yeah. I was going to say Lou Duart. Yeah. Um, I've, I just been hearing, i not hearing, I've been seeing his name brought up a bunch of stuff. I mean, I don't know if they would honestly, especially cause well, I mean like let's put aside the, like the on court, you know, contributions, just the fact that he's, you know, great buddies with, with SGA and just overall just everyone there. Um, I feel like again, and he's like, as, as far as a cultural piece goes, like I feel like you would love to have him. So doesn't really make sense to me, especially considering the improvements that he made as a shooter. Um, I mean, I, 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 mean, again, no one is untouchable unless for the right price. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, right. apart from like KD and LeBron or whatever, like fine, whatever. But like, obviously, yeah, if a team does come knocking and some crazy-ass deal like, you know, is, is, is offered, yeah, fine. Lou Duarte will be moved. As, as, as far as it is right now, I don't think Pressy necessarily is going to be like, yo, like who wants Lou Duarte? You know what I mean? I don't think that's the case. Yeah.
1: And obviously, Lou Dort's not going to be like a superstar or anything like that. Yeah. Like, he, he's going to be like every team would value having Lou Dort on their roster. He's yeah. like the ideal playoff guy you want, like just high energy, incredible defense. He can sometimes space the floor. He's gotten better at least this past season.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: And I, I don't, I still don't see the Thunder doing it at least right now just because yeah. they don't really have many they don't really have much talent on their roster right now they're just trying to figure everything out they're still obviously tanking trying to bring in some high-end rookies but I feel like Lou Dort's one like fan favorite who they'd want to keep on the roster to at least yeah. like try to bring some fans into their stadiums
0: thanks what do you guys what's running out small forward uh or Poku
1: they probably both start
0: you think so what Poku the four
1: I, f- I feel like they're probably going to start SGA at the one, maybe Dort at the two.
0: Oh, okay. I was thinking they do, like, Josh Giddey at the one and then SGA at the two. And then I saw yeah. they put Poco at the three. And then, uh, yeah. Whatever. I definitely think Dord's starting. Yeah, he's got it. There's no way because he just does everything on the defensive end. I feel like he'd be important. Yeah. But, um, but I don't think they would move him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably not either. I don't know. But um, moving on to Minnesota. Now this is also a team that has been, you know, thrown around recently, especially in that Ben Simmons uh, trade discussions. <clears throat> D'Angelo Russell, we all know, is a former All Star. He's a he's a point guard who can definitely give you uh, a lot of playmaking on the offensive end. He's definitely is above league average. Um, that might be an understatement, but I mean, we all know how good he is on that end of the floor. It's just that on well his his health and his defense doesn't really help his case as much, um, especially when you consider that he's on that on the trade block. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, maybe like the, the rumored starting point for a potential Ben Simmons package is, you know, D'Lo and and where whoever else, you know, they, they add on from there. But, um, I feel like, regardless of like depending on who's available, I feel like D would definitely be re- readily available, um, regardless of the fact that he's friends with Cat. Um, I don't know how much of that, you know, kind of factors into the uh, front office de- decision making, but, um, Again, you got you to gotta know what you're doing because you are dealing someone's best friend. You know what I mean? So you don't want to, like, cause any sort of, like, you know, rift between the player and the organization. So, like, it, they're going to have to be careful with this. But, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved. And um, uh, Malik Beasley is also a name uh, that has been brought up. Um, he made a huge stride last year after – he was on the, he was in Denver before and you know obviously he was he was sturdy you know he's sturdy there but after he made that switch to um or not switched after he made the move to um, Minnesota he kind of you know kind of sh- spread his wings a lot more and he kind of showed the league you know what he's capable of um, unfortunately you know he, he his uh his not his career but like the whole recent legal troubles and the whole Larsa Pippen stuff you know all came out. And I mean, hopefully that didn't like you know detract from his game so much. And hopefully he's been working on his game, and hopefully he can come back the same. But again, he's a very appealing guy for a lot of teams to look at because just because of all the stuff he can do. And um, I feel like Minnesota should try to hang on to him because I feel like he could like fill in a lot of spaces that you need him to. But again, no one in the league is untouchable, especially Malik Beasley. I feel like if the night, the, if the right package does come to does come along, you got to take a look at it.
1: Yeah, I feel like neither of these guys would probably trade it unless they're as a part of a bigger deal for, like, a Simmons or something like that, Yeah, especially because of DeLo, Like you said, our uh, relationship with Towns. That was kind of, like, the whole point of them bringing him in and giving up picks uh, was to please Towns, even though the fit wasn't really that great. But uh, last season, at, the, at least near the end of the year, when everyone was healthy, they uh, started to kind of pick up the pace, get a few wins. Which ended up hurting them in the end because they lost their pick, but at least they did show some promise, and a lot of people are projecting them to be one of the more improved teams this upcoming year.
0: Yep, that's true. Um, all right, so moving on to the Utah Jazz. Um, so the, the name that me and Steve both agree on, or me and Steve, Steve and I, both agree on, is uh, Joe Ingles. And um, when his name started popping up in the in the in trade on the trade block um, during the offseason, I was. I was kind of surprised, I'm not going to lie. But when you do think about his situation, it does sort of make sense, um, especially considering, you know, the fact that I think his contract is coming to an end, mm-hmm. I believe. And, again, he's a little bit, like, a little bit older. Um, and, again, like, as it, as it is right now, his value is, like, you know, pretty. it's pretty high. I feel like, again, any team would love to have a veteran of his capabilities. He's pretty versatile. He could shoot. He could pass. He could defend. Um, you know, just that overall stormy knife, like, forward that every team wants nowadays. Um, you know, no brainer. I feel like, I mean, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, you know, sticks on past the deadline, but at at the same time, I feel like the jazz should be making calls on him or taking calls on him just because again, like you, you could probably make, you probably get a nice return for him, you know, at this point of his career and might as well, right. Before his contract expires, um, and risk losing the free agency for nothing. But I feel like, yeah, angles definitely could be on the move. Um, and then I put Royce O'Neal on here. Um, and again it is kind of weird it, it it might be shocking you know to kind of hear this name just because again he is like one of their better defenders and he's just like he just fits their system so so seamlessly but um it's just the fact that um uh what's it called again I, he's another guy who i, I feel like would command a lot of uh i mean i guess like respect in the trade market yeah and again why not again like we just said, like, numerous times before this, like, again, like, you got to evaluate all your options here. Like, Royce and Neil, like, like, he again, he would fit in. I feel like you could definitely net a good return for him. And, like, and, look as a as Cavs fan, again, I don't want to, like, bring that into this, but, like, the fact that Landon A's Jr. got moved, you know, to me so easily, I feel like, like, no player who's a Swiss Army knife would be that protected by teams. Like, again, like, for the right price, you know, everyone's available. I feel like Royce would definitely be, you know, definitely would be, you know, getting – uh we we'll, would we'll definitely be getting called about, you know what I mean? But yeah, this is how I feel.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see Ingalls uh being moved uh, for all the reasons you said. The fact that he's aging, I think he's like 35, 36 now, and the fact that his uh contract's expiring next season, I could definitely see them looking to move him to get some value out of him before his uh his deal comes to an end. But uh I think they'll probably end up keeping Royce. I, the way I view Royce is kind of like I feel like if Matisse played the minutes that he played, like he plays like 36 minutes a game, like they have him out there most of the time just because he's so valuable in the defensive end. He's, he's – last season he actually spent the most time in the league out of anyone uh, guarding the opposing team's best player. So I feel like he's really valuable to them defensively. And I, like I was saying before, I feel like uh, he's kind of like – if Matisse played the amount of minutes that he played, then they would be like really similar uh, players in comparison. So I feel like uh I feel like they'd probably like to keep
0: Royce around. Yeah, right. That that is that is that's that a good point. That's a great point. Um, but yeah. Uh so let's see what happens there. Um, yeah, obviously Royce and Neil are probably less likely to get to get dealt, but I mean it depends. Um moving on to the Denver Nuggets, uh again, same thing with a lot of other teams. We really couldn't, you know, kind of decide on a name that would potentially get moved. Um I I mean, I'm, I don't know, like Maybe – actually, no, I'm not even going to say anything.
1: Maybe, maybe if they struggle, they could try to move – I don't know who they would move on their own roster, but maybe they just, like – maybe they're in pursuit for, like, a point, point guard help with Murray being out if uh, Compazzo and, like, Austin Rivers and Monty Morris don't work out during the season. Yeah, but that's a lot of names that, like,
0: could contribute. That's kind of less yeah. likely, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe, like uh, – I mean, I don't, I don't want to say Michael Porter Jr., but, I mean, again, for the right price, maybe – and then maybe like bull bull, maybe deal them for like a you know to a younger team for an exchange for like a mm-hmm. you know like an interesting veteran, but um, but yeah, as of right now, we can't really decide. Um, and then moving on real quick to the Blazers. Um, so yeah, we we said you know guys like um Roko, um he's I think on an expiring deal this year, yeah. um so yeah, just guys like him who could probably be moved. You know, um we got to see that like. I feel like again, like me C were talking about this. I feel like again, this is the Blazers make or break year. Um, I feel like uh they're gonna try to, you know, run with the score again. They did get Larry Nance Jr. that we like we talked about, but um, I feel like they might like want to hang on to Roko like Larry Nance, you know, CJ and all that. They might wanna, you know, give it one more try. And if not, then I guess that's the end of it. Um maybe like, like depending on what team. happens
1: with Dame, they could be anywhere from buyers to sellers.
0: Exactly, right, exactly. That's a great point. And yeah, and yeah, like Roko is like a potential guy, and like maybe Nurkic we were talking about. Um, yeah, and then I w- I put CJ on here just in case. So I feel like so my 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 thinking behind this is the fact that I feel like if the if the Blazers start underperforming by the time the the deadline rolls around, and 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 you know like some teams are be like, oh yeah, you know what? Like if you give us CJ, we'll give you something. You know, we'll give you something interesting. You know what I mean? I feel because like, CJ does. Definitely command a lot of respect on the on the market, and I feel like if you have the chance to get better, I mean, you should sure as all take it, especially considering the fact that the the backcourt hasn't, you know, translated to much success in the in the playoffs the last couple of years, um, apart from that one conference finals appearance. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like like Steve said, they could either be Bodger or sellers. Like it, it really it really depends on them. But I mean, depending on how the season goes, again, maybe like guys like CJ Roca could be moved at a deadline, but. If not, again, I feel like it might be like a run it back year for them. But again, it's gonna be a make or break year, and we just got to see how you know that whole situation plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then moving on real quick, just because it has eclipsed an hour, uh, the Mavericks, another team that again we really couldn't decide, you know, what to make of them as far as it is right now. Um, but yeah, maybe Porzingis. Yeah.
1: But uh, we yeah. talked, we, we kind of talked about that earlier a little bit. We touched on that. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think they're just going to try to run it back with what they have.
0: Exactly right, and it's going to be a little harder to move, and uh, yeah, again, just might as well play it safe. Um, and then moving on to the Spurs, uh, they did recently acquire Thad Young from that, uh, it was from a, no, it wasn't, what was that trade from? Oh, it, was from the uh, Drogen- it was the DeRozan-Sinon DeRozan-Sinon DeRozan and trade. Thing. Yeah, DeRozan and trade. Um, again, he's like a great, like, locker room guy to have. We saw that in Chicago and all that, and in Indiana, but he is obviously a little bit older. He doesn't really fit the timeline at all. And a lot of contenders would love to have his great playmaking and just overall versatility as a power forward. Um, and, again, they could definitely, like, you know, um, I guess, you know, sell high on him, um, especially considering his skill set and how how many, like, teams would love to have him and stuff. So I feel like he'd definitely be a name that would be, you know, be looked to move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I his name.
1: A lot of teams, I can see a lot of teams wanting Thaddeus Johnson on their on their roster.
0: Yeah, Thaddeus Johnson. Yeah. I, I was saying before yeah.
1: that I thought that the Suns would be a perfect fit. Like maybe, like we were saying earlier, oh, yeah. like Jalen Smith. Oh, yeah. Like maybe they could try to swap Jalen Smith for for Thad Yeah, you know, that'd someone. be a great
0: trade. That'd be a great trade, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you're right. I feel like he'd be. Yeah, he'd be. He'd be perfect on the Suns. I feel like, but um, yeah, that's definitely a name to watch because I don't think they would hang on to him either, and might as well again maximize the value. Um, and then up next with the Rockets, uh, Eric Gordon. This is another guy whose name has been swirling around Trader Talk for a while now. Um, I was really surprised he didn't get moved last year, like, I was genuinely shocked. Um, I think he honestly, was, put, too, but then he
1: got hurt.
0: Yeah, he did get hurt. Yeah. Um, what's it called? I forgot to add, uh, I feel, I feel like Daniel House too. I feel like, low yeah, yeah, he, he probably would be. Yeah. Um, again, these are two guys who are, like that. Like, well, I mean, I guess what. Well, I mean, Eric Gordon. we all know how how good he is. He can shoot the hell out of the ball. He play defense. Blah blah blah. You already know. Uh, Denwell House again. He's another three and D wing that again a lot of teams would love to have on their on the roster. Um, again, those are two guys that the. I mean, as it is right now, I feel like the Rockets have definitely bounced back. Their their young core is very interesting, and having guys like Eric Gordon and Daniel House to like you know kind of deal and like similar to the Pistons. You know, just these guys. Well, I guess the Pistons are a better situation, but Eric Gordon Daniel House definitely you know get some solid pieces in return and kind of supplement that roster a little bit more.
1: I feel like I haven't heard Daniel House's name since he got uh, suspended in the bubble for uh, bringing a girl into his room.
0: Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, real right. We kind of disappeared last year, so I was like, all right, whatever. But, yeah, what not be surprised if those two get moved? Um, and then for the Grizzlies, these two names kind of low-key came as a shock to me when it first got reported. Um, but I guess it makes more sense now. Uh, but Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson were two names that were floating around um, on the trade market. Um, Dylan Brooks, we all know, um, like you know what type of player he is. He's a guy who you know plays a lot of passion. He's like a lot of he's like a lot more of like a blue blue collar type of guy.
1: The definition of hustle.
0: Yeah, definition of hustle. Right. He's got good size for like a versatile wing. He can defend multiple positions. He can shoot the three. I mean, obviously he's prone to like terrible shot selection, and he is got pretty annoying sometimes, at least to me. But um, but again, another t- like team would love to have him. I feel like like a, like the Cavs or like the Pacers or like like a feisty team like that would love to have him on the on the roster. Um Kyle Anderson is another guy who's actually getting some interest from some from some contenders. Um Mr. Slow Motion. Um we all know how good he is especially he's like a do-it-all role player like yeah do it, like exactly a he's like a do guy. guy. right exactly right and I feel like again any team would love to have him on the roster and again the Grizzlies could ask for whatever they what do they want for him. But um but yeah
1: but and yeah, said, yeah, and Anderson's been expiring, so I would be—I right. wouldn't be surprised if he were to be moved. Actually,
0: exactly right. It just makes it a lot more easier, right? And just overall, Brooks and Anderson—they're just more like the like the do-it-all hustle type guy. Well, more so Brooks the so hustle, but just like versatile guys to have any team would have them, so they won't be too hard to move. Um, but yeah. Um, and then now the Pelicans, the final team. Um, so again, it was kind of harder to kind of think of a name. Uh, Steve Steve said you know Saderanski maybe, um, but I feel like Saderanski would be a good guy to have in the Pelicans. So I mean we'll see how that plays out. Um, but the one name that I did have on here is potentially Brandon Ingram. Um, now obviously I the the vision hasn't worked out. You know that David Griffin like you know initially you know thought of. Um, obviously like. On paper, Ingram and and Zion should be a scary frontcourt duo. But, I mean, again, unfortunately, it hasn't really been, you know, it hasn't been the case so far. So I feel like if, again, if this year, if the the experiment fails and it's, you know, sort of underwhelming this year, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if Ingram is on the move. Again, he's an all-star. He's only, what, 24 or something, 25? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, like, I, I don't think he'd be that hard to move. And I feel like, again, that's the guy who you should be able to, Get some complimentary pieces around around Zion for her. so, um, yeah. I don't know. It's not much to say there. It's just you know it's just branding room. Uh, I don't I don't
1: really room. think he'd be moved this year just because yeah. the Pelicans just like they seem so undermanned with all of the yeah. uh, with Lonzo going. Yeah. Yep, and them like kind of they had this whole blueprint for how they wanted their all season to go. Like they were targeting Lowry, trying to bring in some guys to uh, shoot around Zion but none of that really worked out in their favor and they ended up uh their most notable pieces were Valanciunas and Devontae Graham who aren't bad players whatsoever but they're not the. they're they're not what you would would have pictured would you that the Pelicans would be aiming for to put around Zion
0: right especially when you consider the fact that they kind of were underachieving the last couple of years it's you know what I mean yeah. And, like, you thought they would be a lot more aggressive if they try to get someone. But, again, unfortunately, they didn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, it depends, man. Like, it's a good point. Like, yeah, they didn't get anyone. So, Ingram is a big name to have. So, and just overall good really good player to to have. It just hopefully it just comes down to, like, you know, if him and, and Zion could mesh, um, which hopefully they can because I am rooting for the Pelicans. Like, I, like I just like them. But they just got to figure it out.
1: Yeah, him and um, Zion are both really good players. But at least last year, it seemed like both of them – had in mind that they wanted to be the alpha, and mm-hmm. right exactly they're, they're right. going to have to learn how to play together a little bit better, yeah. and they're both going to have to try their asses off on defense because both of them sucked last year. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly right. Um, but yeah, that is definitely an interesting situation to monitor. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean that should be all thirty. You know, teams. I feel like mm-hmm. we did run through it pretty well. I mean, yeah, a lot of these names. I feel like. Have a good chance of you know being moved or definitely in in talks at least, um, but yeah, man, yeah. And obviously, cool. there
1: may be some that we missed, but it's just the season hasn't started yet. So yeah. once everything starts playing out, we'll see. Like obviously, maybe some of these guys that we mentioned today uh, won't even be in consideration because right. they're they're either they're balling out or their teams are playing really well. Yeah, and then there will be some other guys that we didn't mention that maybe like some of the more uh, sought after for uh, not for agents, uh, trading targets at the deadline, right. depending on their team situations.
0: Or just completely like blindside moves, yeah, like some random ass, like yeah, right. Um, but yeah, as of as of right now, I guess that should be it. Um, you know, if I, obviously, again, we're still monitoring the uh, the whole NBA market right now. The training camp is still like what two weeks away from now, I think. So Something that was, like that. Yeah, a week or two away, which I love that. That's great. Um, so yeah, a bunch of names to you know still watch out for. Um, Avery Bradley was one of the names that was so free agent. I'm still kind of it's crazy that he
1: hasn't been signed yet. And then, yeah, right, JJ yeah. Reddick's still there, but he's yeah. kind of just not signing by choice.
0: Yeah, right, exactly, right, right. So there, there's still a lot of names that you know we, should, we want to watch out for. So, um, definitely stay tuned for that. But, um, again, if you guys made it this far, thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcast, please do like and give us five stars same thing on Spotify, do follow us and do like the podcast. And if you are on anchor or breaker or any of the other ones that we're available on, um, do, do show support on that as well. Um, we're hopefully, um, on the next episode where we do the um, conference predictions with our, with our mystery guest. we will hopefully be on YouTube. So then once we get on there, we will announce that and hopefully you guys can, um, like the videos and, and, and subscribe and all of that. And, um, yeah, and as of right now, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, once again, I am Christy, um, the one that's half Pete. of your co-host, and um this is Steven Aboyola.
1: And uh I I'm Aaron Joseph.
0: <laughs> oh, oh hey uh dude, you look so different, bro. I, I think I think you joined us, dude. That's crazy, that's crazy. <laughs> but um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>